Hello and welcome to the Racing Pod Blast as we take a quick fire look at the weekend's racing from a stats and trends viewpoint with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Have you had a good week? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, always a good week when Cheltenham is at the end of it. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, some competitive puzzles to get stuck into. And like Kenny and Dolly, we'll set out to solve them with a fine tooth comb. So, yeah, looking forward to this all week, you. Yes, very good, yes. Uh, By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm Kenny. <laughs> I'm Dolly. Yeah. Been called worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good week. Good week, mate. A busy. Uh, got uh, another week on Epic Radio. My show on Epic Radio, uh, five a.m. till seven a.m. daily with uh, racing news every half hour, and uh, finally, and got a sponsor for the show as well. So uh, looking up, looking up. But enough of uh, our week. Uh, time to tuck into the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast uh, with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken. Uh, we start this week as always with our look at the main action this Saturday. Is Obviously, the Cheltenham card, uh, the highlight being the Paddy Power Gold Cup off at 2.20, live on ITV. Then we take a small detour, our top, middle and bottom football, Trixie. I'm doing rather well. And and then we close the podcast with our best of the rest section uh, for the remainder of Saturday's racing. And VAR George on at the end with his bonus boxing analysis. Okay, off we go. The first race we're covering, Cheltenham, is the 145, Ben, uh, the Arkle Trial Novices Chase. Do you want to start us off, mate? Yeah, yep, some uh, interesting types, uh, and this one brings some pretty lofty ratings to the table as well. Uh, on the trends, I'd be looking for something that fits the following. Uh, making chase debut, or no more than one previous chase start. Had previously run at graded level in range 4, 5, or 6. Now that's uh, 13 of the last 15 winners for that profile. Paul Nichols, he's won the race six times in the last 15, all with horses that had previously won at least a Class 2 level, but at least um, raced at Grade 2 level, if I can say it, and finished first or second last time out. Now, he sent eight to the race with that profile. Six of them have won. One has finished second, and one has finished third. Now, Mon Miral, he does fit the race trends, and he's very much similar to the type of horse that Nichols has successfully targeted the race with. Um, I also like Sandy Sands as a sire of chasers. His male offspring on chase debut, they strike at 32%. They improve to 46% when they're aged four or five. And Paul Nichols himself, he has sent 12 Sandy Sand progeny over fences, and he's managed to get five of them winning on debut. Four of, four of the other ones finished second. Um, so I, I'd really, I do expect Mon Morale to make a, a pretty big impact over fence this season, hopefully. Hopefully it'll be this race. Um, if not, and provided it's not a disastrous debut, you know, he is one that I'm, I'm quite excited about seeing over fences this season. Mon Morale for Paul Nichols. 
Uh, yourself, Tony, anything for the race? Yeah, a couple. Uh, I, I love that, the sand-to-sand angle. Yeah, very good. And uh, very strong trends there for Paul Nichols as well, as well as race trends there. Good stuff. Uh, uh, Banbridge for me, Ben, in this. Uh, he scores well on, on the trends. Interesting that Joseph O'Brien brings the son of Doyen here, the six-year-old one here in March, landing the spoils in the Martin Pipe Conditional Jockeys Handicap Hurdle. Uh, he's up in class, but uh, can go, I think he can go well in a competition competitive hurdle he's obviously well thought of at home uh, if Joseph O'Brien's bringing him over here and JJ Slevin in the plate he's around 72 I think he can give uh, certainly give Tommy's Oscar uh, run for his money I'm not sure about Monreal because that's a, a really strong vibe that you're giving me there uh, on Monreal there Ben and uh, an outsider uh, we have Soul Pretender third of seven beaten one and a quarter lengths behind Stroff and Jack in the novices chase at the October meeting last month runners coming into this race from that contest have, have a decent record Soul Pretender he's got a lot to do uh, for training Norman, Norman Lee but uh, I feel for those uh, paying four places he can go well at uh, a sporting each way price great stuff Tony uh, yep. Paddy Power Gold Cup you want to start or yeah can do Paddy. yeah yeah, um, go yeah we've got uh, you've got the trends coming up later on uh, Ben in just a minute yep. my my two for the race again sporting each way outsiders here uh, I do like the chances of Midnight River uh, he scores well on the trends uh, for me he's two from five over the larger obstacles finished second here over hurdles two years ago albeit two years ago um, the uh, most of the firms are paying five some are paying six places on the race and Midnight River is around 12 to 1 and happy go lucky yes 581 days since he uh, since we last saw him he was second of 16 in the ultimate in the 2019 <laughs> Cheltenham Festival uh, before winning at Aintree uh, the, at the Grand National meeting uh, later that year the sire Jeremy has a good record on uh, good to soft and at this track uh, happy go lucky is related to the likes of Korak a Rambler who won the Ultima Handicap Chase at the festival in March and Sir Gerhard is another progeny of uh, Sire Jeremy uh, Nicky Henderson trained Birchdale uh, a couple of years ago won over course and distance he's also by uh, Jeremy as well happy go lucky yes um, he needs to go well after a 581 day break but uh, 14 to 1 a sporting chance with some firms paying 6 places on the race Ben Great stuff, Thorn. Um, I, I think those two both probably meet my trends. Midnight River, very impressive last time out. Um, different kettle fish today, but yeah, I get the appeal. Uh, quick trio of trends for the race. 15 of the last 15 were age 9 or younger. Can uh, narrow it even further. 13 of the last 15 were age 7 to 9. Um, 15 last 15 and at least nine career starts, but no more than 36. 14 of the last 15 had previously run over fences at the track, and that should help you narrow the field a little bit. Um, quick word on the pace. Cool Cody and Storm Control, I think they'll likely head off out front. There's potential for a handful of others to be right up there as well. So potentially, a strongly run affair might possibly play to something sitting a bit quiet in the pack. Uh, French Dynamite for the Irish he heads the market now it's not been the happiest of races for the Irish in recent times Trank will see the last Irish trained winner of the race but interestingly he was also the only Irish trained horse to start as favourite since at least 1997 so French Dynamite he needs maximum respect in this I think 
Chronicles again uh, fired plenty of darts at the race, 45 to be precise. He's won it twice with 10, other, uh, 10 further placed efforts. Relies on two this year, El Redotto and Simply the Bets. Simply the Bets now owned and ridden by one David Maxwell. Uh, I know punters love backing him. Both Nichols winners, they were French-bred five- to seven-year-olds that finished third or worst last time out, which would apply to El Redotto. The five-year-old also fits uh, upon Nichols' first time out wind up angle of mine so I definitely see the positives for that horse um, I, I, you'd like to think he's got plenty more off of this season over fences where I'm going just now in the race though I'm probably sitting on stolen silver for Sam Thomas As Sam Thomas he's had his better handicappers ready to fire first time up this season uh, his runners in class 1 and class 2 handicaps have returned 3 wins and a place from 4 runners Grey Diamond runs on Friday at the track. Uh, he might have added to those stats by the time this pod blast is out. And yeah, Sam Thomas, just, he just seems to have made some sort of concentrated effort to try and uh, pull down a good chunk of these early season pots with his better horses. So, Stone Silver, good form over the channel fences as well. A next second, fourth of the festival last season, then an 11 length winner of the Silver Trophy in April. I think he's probably my main play in the race right now, Tony. Stolen silver. Good stuff. Uh, next race, Ben, the uh, 255, you were starting us off? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. It's uh, Paddy Power Games Handicap Hurdle. Race one with plenty of decent horses through the years. Uh, race trends, I would have aged eight year old or younger. 13 or less career starts and 8 or less handicap hurdle starts that'll find you 9 in the last 10 winners uh, Shearer fits those trends uh, one well last time out at Cheltenham, Cheltenham October meeting uh, angle highlighted by Tony as well he produced a, a serious pro form speed figure in the process of that win and the second has come out and franked that form by win at Kempton by 14 lengths his win at Worcester the time before that was also backed up by a second horse coming out and winning next time out so his form looks rock solid um, this season. And I, I think his Shearer is the right favourite, probably the likeliest winner. At bigger prices, possibly interested in Jata Louis, I think is how you say it. Uh, Hobbs and David Maxwell. He won the intermediate hurdle on this card in 2019. Very likely race since uh, finishing mid-pack in the 2020 per temps final. So, so I'm not sure why he's still got on the tank. At his best though, could be a player. As I say, a little bit difficult to know where Jatalui is at right now, but might be interesting at bigger uh, bigger prices. Tony, who you got? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Fatana Elisi uh, and each way. I've got really big on each ways uh, this week. Um, Nothing wrong with that, Tony. Looking at a few, yeah. <laughs> Wait you the second one. Uh, Fontana Elisi uh, for trainer Sam Drinkwater, uh, jockey Robbie Dunn in the saddle. He's available at around 12 to 1. Uh, again, I think we can get as much as four places on the race. He was second of 13, beating five and a half lengths uh, last time out. Uh, at last, uh, Well, at this last meeting, at the October meeting uh, here at Cheltenham, he was nine lengths adrift three out uh, 
uh, in that race and he needs to be ridden I think Robbie Dunn will have learnt from that and uh, he needs to be ridden a bit closer to the pace uh, on the second circuit possibly and uh, I think he can uh, hit certainly hit the frame another one I think can uh, hit the frame is actually the outside of the whole field uh, with those paying four places Valentino 25 nice. to 1 Suleimani the Sire progeny include winners uh, Solomon Gray and Honeysuckle and a very sporting uh, 25 to 1 a very sporting each way on Valentino with firms paying uh, like Bet365 Betfair Paddy Power paying four places on the race Tony before before we we switch on to that Valentino was also in my thoughts alright good genuinely so I'm with you I'm absolutely with you good stuff good stuff that's even better I might uh, well, double a bet we'll now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 3.30, Paddy Power Intermediate Handicap Hurdle. Uh, just a very quick one here. And again, I do apologise. Uh, it's just, it's one that stood out for me. And a couple of, uh, we were mentioning now that the uh, the shackles are off possibly for Joe Tizard. I'm going with Bob Barley at, uh, at around 40 to 1 with some firms. Now you can get uh, four places, five places uh, with one firm at 40 to 1. Babali, Joe Tizard, Brendan Powell in the in the saddle. It's better than his seasonal debut at Chepstow last month behind Napa's Hill. Uh, three of four career wins have come on a left-handed track and three wins on a very undulating track. Obviously, I'm not saying he's going to win this, but possibilities of finishing in the first four? Yeah, I do like the uh, the idea of Babali finishing in the first four tomorrow at 3.30 at Cheltenham. Ben? Nice big strike, Tony. Um, so for this one, I am looking for something that has had no more than three handicap hurdle starts and is yet to win above Class C level. Uh, 14 of the last 15 ticked those two boxes. Uh, the one for me, Forever William for Alan King. He meets those trends. He's interested in stepping up to two mile five for the first time. He took in the Grade 1 Juvenile at Chepstow last Christmas, finished third. Uh, then the Grade 2 Juvenile at Cheltenham on Trials Day, again finishing third. Uh, finished down the field in the Fred Winter, but they stuck a visor on him that day, and I suspect that was probably the reason for that below-par sort of display. Uh, bumped into race fit, and I ex- uh, suspect very well handicapped Sonny Gino at Chepstow last month on his seasonal debut, finished second to him. He should have come on for that. Um, I think this step up and trip, I think it will suit him. And he's an interesting one for me at double figures. Uh, Forever William for Alan King. All right, mate. uh, Good stuff there. Right, it's time for this top, middle, or bottom. Here we go. Top, middle, or bottom. Here we go. Cheesy music. Cheesy every week. All right, Ben, here we go. Uh, it w- was personal, so uh, you mentioned mm. it being personal. Uh, and yeah. uh, I had a nice treble last week, thanks to Liverpool beating Tottenham, uh, which puts me on plus 21.45 points. Thank you very much. Disgusting. Top. Shocking. <laughs> All right, very quickly, uh, here we are, top, middle and bottom. From the top, Newcastle to beat Chelsea at 11-8. to 8. From the middle, Liverpool to beat Southampton at 3-11. to 11. Mm. And uh, from the bottom, Forest to beat Crystal Palace at 9-4. to 4. Newcastle, Liverpool, Forest for me, Ben. You? Right, well, I'm going for some alternative thinking, so here we go. 
top. Newcastle beat Chelsea at 27 to 20 because one of my dogs chased a magpie out of the garden this morning. <laughs> Middle. Villa to beat Brighton at 16 to 5 because I really don't like seagulls. And bottom, Bournemouth to beat Everton at 9 to 5 because I bloody love cherry bakers. <laughs> so, there we go. Alternative thinking. Anyway, back to the horses. Brilliant. Um, uh, brilliant. Tr- Absolutely brilliant. Uh, right, yeah, back, um, yeah, back, back to, the, to the, horses. the horses. Off you go, Ben. The last, yep, trends, last part. Trend stats, pointers, prime condition horses, you know, the score people. So I'm going to head up to uh, up or down to you talks or uh, some Harry Fry stats. Look at him in October to December period uh, when the ground is good to softer, softer. He has 13 wins from 28, 46% strike rate, 35 points profit. Sends one to the track on Saturday, and that's Fortune's Melody in the 247. Mm. She won her last two. Uh, form of both races has been franked since. Uh, I'd actually be hopeful she's got quite a bit more to come yet. Um, I actually highlighted her on the free blog last season. Um, and she's a horse I do like. I definitely, definitely like those Harry Frank stats. So, interesting fortunes melody for sure. Um, and I'm going to switch up to Weatherby, Nigel Twiston-Davies. He catches my eye. Uh, October to November period with runners that start at 6-1 to one or less. He's 14 from 36 for 39% strike rate, over 26 points profit. If you look at horses on their first or second runs of the season for him, that strike rate improves to 45%. You got two on Saturday, Imperial BG in the 12.08 and Matata in the 2.28. Daryl Jacob, uh, he's up at Weatherby on Saturday and he rides Matata. Now, he was an impressive winner on debut at Fakenham. Form has been boosted since by one of the beaten horses winning next time out. Uh, he banged in a very eye-catching pro-form speed figure as well that day. I think he looks an interesting recruit for the yard. Uh, no prices up right now at time of recording, so obviously hard to say if they will be backable prices, but those stats, the Twist and Davy stats in general, they're sound for him at Weatherby at this stage of year. So as always, it's uh, it's an angle to keep in mind for more than just this weekend. So that's Twist and Davy to Weatherby and Harry Fry, you talk, sir. Tony, what you got for us? Interesting, Weatherby. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Weatherby Ben, 153, Soldier of Destiny. I think he's uh, a good favourite. I've got a, a, an angle on favourites in handicaps, and Soldier of Destiny fills that one. And uh, I will be playing uh, Soldier of Destiny in the 153 at Weatherby. And two, I will be keeping an eye on Ben, uh, 303 at Weatherby, two friendly, and 338 at uh, Weatherby. Brittany, uh, a 9 to 2 and two friendly. 7-2. I will only be playing to Friendly and Brittany if they are backed into favouritism. If there's any money for them tomorrow, I may get interested, but uh, I'm just putting that out there. 303 uh, to Friendly and 338 whether it be Brittany, but I will be playing Soldier of Destiny in the 153 at Weatherby. Uh, anything else to add, uh, Ben? Yes. Don't forget VAR George, the main man. End of the pod, uh, pod blast. If you're interested in his uh, boxing, bonus boxing analysis, single and double landed last week. Yes. VAR George putting us to shame. Brilliant. But I love I love it. I love boxing analysis. And he, he bloody knows the stuff, does VAR George. <laughs> he does, bless no, him. Yeah, he does yes, well. Yes, he does. Really does. Yeah. 
Great. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks to everyone else for joining us on the fifth edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Uh, we'll be back again for more of the same next week. Until then, you can catch myself Monday to Friday on Epic Radio between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. on Epic Radio. That's epic radio.com. Uh, available there. Plenty of racing news and sporting headlines and back pages, uh, plus classic tracks and today's best music. And you can read more on racing trends, stats, and insight from Ben over at narrowingthefield.co.uk. That's uh, narrowingthefield.co.uk. Thanks for joining us. See you all next week, gang. Hi lads, a treble this week at odds of just above 6-4. to four. On Friday night on Fight TV, Sonny Edwards will defend his flyweight world title against Rennie Alvarado. The pick here will be Sonny Edwards to win on points at 3-10 to 10 on Paddy Power. Edwards will get the victory on points, I think, because he's just one of the best pure boxers in the division on the world stage and he's undefeated in with 18 wins. It'll go points, I think, because he, Edwards does have a lack of punching power, only four KOs in his 18 wins. And Alvarado's two sole defeats were both on points. He is a world-level opponent and he's got a respectable 33 knockouts in 38 wins. Uh, That threat of power could see Edwards take on an even more cautious approach. Dalton Smith will defend his super lightweight British title against Casey Benjamin on Sky on Saturday night. The pick here is Dalton Smith to win by stoppage at 4-6 on Paddy Power. Smith's just a level above. He's definitely one of the best prospects coming out of the UK and he won that British title in his last fight. I think he'll get the stoppage because his opponent, Benjamin, has never fought in a scheduled 12-rounder. This fight is scheduled for 12. Benjamin is taking a big step up in levels. And Smith does have 10 stoppage victories in his 12 wins and all but one have come before the seventh round. In the early hours of Sunday morning on BT Sport, Johnny Beck, Alim Canuli will defend his WBO middleweight title against Denzel Bentley. The pick here will be Johnny Beck to win by a stoppage at 1-6 to six on Paddy Power. Johnny Beck's an elite world-level boxer with power. He's relentless with his pressure. I can see him cutting the ring off. And against Bentley, his lone defeat was a third-round stoppage to Felix Cash. Felix Cash is very good, but Johnny Beck's... It's safe to say I think he's world-class, and I expect Johnny Beck to finish the fight in a similar fashion.